0: i'm so popular and i am here with yet another white gay from australia who are you (laughs)
1: uh i'm levi kohler you can find me on everything
0: hi levi kohler what are you doing
1: (laughs) um right now i'm drinking a bottle of three dollar sauv blanc um yeah that's literally all i'm doing like i do nothing else with my time except drink cheap wine uh
0: also you're making music you had a gig last night right yeah, so I performed my
1: first proper paid gig last night. It was just um for a friend. I produced a lot of her music, so I just like DJ'd for her and made sure it went smoothly, but it was good.
0: Congratulations. Easy hundred bucks. Ooh, oh my god, look at that. Yeah, right. Damn. I know. Okay, so why do you follow me?
1: Um, I actually don't have an answer to that. I probably shouldn't. I think the <laughs> unfollow is a bit overdue actually. You're right. <laughs> no no but i do like i love this podcast i haven't listened in a while i'll be honest but i do like love your podcast and your commentaries always interesting at least thanks queen which is kind of why i'm here
0: (laughs) yeah um i mean i uh was very pleased that i never lost the levi kohler follow because um a lot of folks in the kind of Stan Twitter <laughs> circle over there got really angry with me at one day, and then they just all started dropping off like flies. But I never lost you, not yet. Maybe after today. Yeah,
1: a little. Maybe after today, a little oceanic like bubble, <laughs> just kind of decided that we hate Zach. Lightning. Yeah, I got
0: canceled. <laughs> I I don't even know where <laughs> it started or like who got mad at me first. Um, I think maybe it was um. What's his name? That guy in New Zealand, Ro Row, as he's so often referred to.
1: Roro. Everyone's favorite non binary um.
0: Oh, sorry, leader. did I use wrong pronouns? I have no idea. I got blocked, so I
1: Um, I think it's any pro- I think it's any pronouns okay, great. I got
0: blocked, so I have no idea. And then um <laughs> Michael, that one he uh got mad at me too, and then just day by day it just started imploding. But oh well, at least you're still here. One after the
1: other. <laughs> I think I was busy that day. That's probably why I'm Yay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But now you're on my show and they're all going to find out and you're going to get dragged down with me, bitch. It's over.
1: Oh, yeah. They're pretty mad about it. I've actually, I've got something to say about that
0: a little bit later. Oh, really? drama. <laughs> oh, I cannot yeah, wait. Yeah, no, I've got a surprise Delicious. for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, this is drama. God, I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> for the record, I am so... Hungover right now. I have been hungover for about 35 hours. (laughs) Because I got...
1: Tell us all about your last 35 hours. Well, I got
0: wasted um, doing drag on uh, Friday night. And immediately started my hangover bright and early the next morning. And then it just did not go away that day. And I went to a birthday party last night. uh, Continued to drink. I got this, like, highball at the bar... And it was a giga highball So it was literally a leader It was like a leader Oh Yeah
1: Okay two questions What is a highball first of all Oh, God. Like, I don't even think I know. I
0: feel, I'm, for anyone who's, like, listened to every episode, they have heard me describe a highball so many times. Oh, sorry. Okay. okay, don't
1: even bother. It's fine. I
0: can you. No, Westerners <laughs> have no idea about the joy of a highball. It's just, like, a whiskey soda with some lemon. It's delicious. Oh, lame. And okay. I got a Coke highball. So, it was Coke, like, some soda water, whiskey, lemon. It was a whole fucking liter of it. And... Um, I did not throw up, but I woke up this morning and um, I had to go to the bank to pay my rent. And just walking through the blaring sunlight, every single thing looked alien and terrifying.
1: Oh, that's always the worst, actually. Like when you're really hungover and then you've got to like walk home. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't want to be outside. I don't want to see the sun. I just want to be in bed.
0: Yeah. And then I had to like speak to the bank clerk and be like, Please (laughs) let me pay this. And then she had to, like, She's like, can you tell me your address? I was like, oh, can you just fucking let me pay my money and let me go? (laughs) I'm so hungover.
1: (laughs) Do you never do the, like, take paracetamol before you go to sleep? Like, last thing you do before you go to sleep when you're drunk is, like, take a fuck ton of paracetamol and then, like, it cancels it out the next day or something?
0: So I've heard. um, I think that's a conspiracy. It works. It works. Does it really? Because they have, like, these, um... Ginger drinks that you're supposed to drink Before you uh, start drinking in Japan And I've done it a few times And it's never done anything for me
1: Well that is objectively Not a painkiller That is true So that may be the problem
0: <laughs> I think also the problem is that um, I just like did not drink I think any water yesterday Except for like one cup when I got home Oh, So risky. that would do it Yeah, Yeah that'll do it But I'm 24 now I am a rotted grandfather in twink years, like my time is coming up and I can feel hangovers like really severely now. When I was a little skinny white gay in college and just running around (laughs) like 15 shots of tequila, next day, fine, go to class. But now it's like five beers and the next day I can feel the void. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm still... You know the hangovers don't come very often. I only
1: turn nineteen next month, so like the hangover, I'm still youthful enough that the hangovers just don't really
0: come. I think you might be the youngest person to come on so the far. The youngest guest. Yeah, I think actually wow. my other Australian friend comrade Bjork, who came on and, and talked about Bjork with me, um, is around that age too. But wow, the youngins. The youngins. Actually, this is great because I really would like um, a teenager's perspective on today's topic because that is um, who our topic is most popular for, I believe.
1: Yeah, I believe so. I think the audience is pretty young and pretty Western actually as well, which we'll get into. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, so we are going to talk today about Luna. Luna. We are going to talk about Luna today. One of the uh, God, I don't even know where to start with these bitches. When it's the <laughs> one of the most popular K-pop groups on Twitter, I'll say on Twitter. You know, very okay. I don't think in the real world they're not very
1: popular in Korea. They're not popular in Korea like, no. at all,
0: or in Japan. So okay, so it's like
1: the usual K-pop like audience prior to a couple of years ago
0: mm-hmm. don't like them. It kind of seems like that, doesn't it? Yeah, I yeah I agree. Yeah, so uh, I brought Levi on because we have very differing opinions about this <laughs> pressing matter. Uh, mine is that I hate Luna. I've never liked them. And I'll explain my reasoning later. But I decided to, instead of bringing on some other, like, ancient decrepit hag to just <laughs> bitch for an hour and a half to bring on a uh, well-educated luna stan to really try to push my buttons here so we're gonna properly debate yeah. if luna is good or garbage
1: i should preface first of all that like for a k-pop stan especially a luna stan actually i think i don't know i don't watch any of the luna tv episodes For any k-pop group i listen to i don't get too involved in like anything beyond the music and the visuals Mm -hmm. like i do a little bit but like i don't do it for any artist i just think it's a bit like unnecessary like that's not why i'm listening to these people but i know i know enough to be here
0: well no and i think that's actually kind of the best middle ground to have here because if i brought on like one of the raving 16-year-olds that has, like, the, <laughs> you know, edit of Chu with the other, like, leftist leaders or whatever. If I brought one of those bitches on, like, we would get nowhere. But I think we can reach some sort of consensus, perhaps.
1: There'll be a middle ground, at least. We can agree on, like, at least one thing, for sure.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, Um. before we properly start the debate, I thought we would introduce Luna to listeners who might not be aware of who or what they are. Can you kind of explain the concept of them to me?
1: Yeah. So Luna basically is currently 11, but traditionally 12 member K-pop girl group. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're very focused on this like idea of a Lunaverse, like all their music, all of their visuals um, kind of tell this very convoluted story that doesn't really seem to be going anywhere. Right. um and their rollout process was uh four members would have a solo like one a month it was a girl of the month theme and then every four members would be a subunit they did an album and a repackage and then you'd get another four solos on and on until they finally debuted as a whole group yeah. um in believe i believe it was 2018 that they debuted
0: right and the process leading up to that was about like a year long of uh unveiling girl by girl and uh, almost two years actually oh really yeah it was very very long so it was like girl of every other month (laughs)
1: like
0: quite literally girl
1: of every other month
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then for each of the members when they had their debut they would have um a solo single and a video that they pushed out and the idea was that you could kind of get to know each member a little bit before the actual work of the group began.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they all did um, meet and greets and they did live events like solo um, before they would then do it all as subunits and then they did it all yeah, when they yeah, did Yeah, and the,
0: the three subunits are um, Odd Eye Circle
1: Well, in order, it's Luna One Third okay. um, and then Odd Eye Circle and then Youth Youth by Young I believe you actually say it for what it stands for. Oh, um, not XXYC or whatever. Yeah, YYXY, but it's Youth Youth Ugh. by Young, which I still don't really know what it means, and I'm not going to pretend to. Like, it's a little bit nonsensical.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's something. <laughs> and they haven't really done anything with those subunits, like, since the group debuted, have they? No, there was an
1: album that got scrapped um, that was... La Maison Luna um, okay. that based on the trailer like teaser thingo, looked like it may tie back into the subunits a little bit um, but we actually don't really know an awful lot about it. So it may just be completely scrapped. yeah, just part of the rollout.
0: So, um, and then kind of in a broader context, these girls are working as uh, k-pop idols, and the appeal of idols kind of started in Japan mostly where you got to kind of trace the development of each member's career and see them improve over time and then kind of get to know them as uh, the characters they present and, like, as people and root for them that way. Uh, and then they imported the concept to Korea, and since then it's taken on a variety of monstrous new forms. So outside of um Luna, like, there's Blackpink, there's Twice, there's the boy idols there's like what um bts shiny bts of
1: stuff. yeah i will say i have to ask um i try not to publicly insult any artist ever just as a musician myself so um let's avoid bringing up blackpink and bts because i won't be able to stop myself <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah everyone else is fair game
0: <laughs> yeah i don't have a lot of uh affection for either groups um My own experience with idols is that I was kind of into some Japanese groups when I was in college. I liked uh, Morning Musume and some of the um, AKB48 offshoots, which is uh, very controversial, but yeah, I liked the Keikizaka and stuff. But then, in terms of Korean idols, I really enjoy Twice, and I... Twice is good. Yeah, I love Twice, and I liked Shiny for a little bit, but I've never really been super into any of these groups that's just kind of my periphery understanding of it all
1: okay I will say with um shiny um I used to well my intro to k-pop and j-pop and stuff was I think it would have been around 2010 so I was only like eight how fucked up is that
0: oh my Um, god you were born in 2002 2001 but my birthday's really late in the year
1: Holy but, shit! Um, oh, yeah, my but, <laughs> but my um, dad was working on a job in Japan, mm-hmm. um, and he came back with a CD by this group called Rainbow, who I um, broke up okay. a, a few years ago, I believe. Um, and that was my introduction to it. And then every Sunday morning, like as a family, we would watch SBS Pop Asia and like watch oh, okay. all the music videos for an hour. So that was my intro to it. Um, and Shiny was really big at the time. Um, and recently, tame from Shiny has just released a solo album in two parts that's really good. And I think I should plug it because he deserves everything.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that the idol industry is like very diverse in some ways and has a lot of different people approaching it from different angles. And the Luna one is uh, kind of characteristically unique. So we'll get into that a little bit. But I'm curious what your general like attraction to the group is like what of the girls do you stand or whatever? Well, I guess my general
1: attraction, um, they were kind of the first K-pop group I properly got into post-childhood SBS Pop Asia, yeah. um, just from seeing them on my timeline a lot. Like, as you said, they're a very Twitter-centric fan base. Um, and I think it was around the time of um, Odd Eye Circle's subunit debut. So, like, right. kind of late. Um, but yeah I think I don't know I'm just very attracted to the diversity of the sound I think they, they do a lot of different genres very well whereas a lot of other K-pop groups that I've listened to do a lot of genres but they usually only do one like really well or even like okay and then the rest are really really subpar okay. I think they're very capable of doing anything and I, I really like the girls I think they're all very likeable based on what I've seen and know of them um, I think they're all really likable. They're all really gorgeous. Um, yeah, my bias is actually he Jin. Um I'm a big apologist for Vivid, which is everybody's least favorite solo, but I think it's so fun and so cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think we have enough context to start this shit and really get into it, girl. So Yeah, let's do it. My goal is to prove that Luna is garbage and yours is to...
1: Change your mind. Not even to prove otherwise, just to change your mind. Like, I don't have a a grander
0: goal. I think that's very admirable. So we have several topics within the group to address and debate together, but I thought we would begin with some opening statements. I will allow you 60 seconds of uninterrupted speaking time. To... Oh, am I going first? Of course you're going first. You, oh you are God. defending this group, girl. Uh, so.
1: I don't know how the law works. Um, 60 seconds. Okay, we're winging this, by the way. Of course. Um, Luna is one of the most engaging K-pop groups that I've come across. Uh, I would say I'm not super well versed in a lot of different k-pop groups but they're definitely one that caught my interest and have kept it for as long um and i just think generally they're quite talented they are quite good at everything they do the choreo is great the vocals are great the personalities are there like they're kind of peak idols for me um yeah i don't need the whole 60 seconds i'm not very good at winging things so that's my opening statement
0: acknowledged <laughs> okay you go you go i want i want to hear this all right um my time is about to begin i believe that luna represents the end point of idol music in that it is extremely focused on providing to a western audience and it is not ingenuitive in any way as a concept or as a group of musicians. I find them to be quite talentless. I think the music is very uninteresting, unvaried, and bland. And I find that none of the members have really any star power that I can see. I think that they kind of rest on a lot of cute and easy, uncomplicated images within their music, as well as in their general presentation. And I find the entire project to... Be kind of a washed up and sad um dying gasp for the entire genre honestly so i think that twitter's fixation on these girls is apocalyptically troubling and i think they must be abolished at all costs yeah
1: wow that was really painful because i know i wasn't supposed to interrupt you so that was i was biting my thumb that whole time <laughs>
0: That's the iPhone you said That they all look good I could not believe
1: Are you kidding? You don't think they all look good
0: We'll get into it So, um, The first topic to kind of Start us off with is to Discuss the general Concept of the group And I will concede That I think that the girl of the month Thing is a pretty good idea And I think it was successful And that a lot of the um solo songs that the girls did like leading up to their debut or like some of the best of the entire group's run um so I I would concede that point that I, I think it's a pretty interesting and novel idea yeah no I'd agree to a point actually this might be
1: where I disagree with you I think it was too drawn out and it was a little bit unorganized like like we said Earlier, it was an almost two-year process when realistically it should have only been just over one year with right. the subunits.
0: Well, yeah, it definitely should have only been a year. I didn't realize it was that long. That's kind of absurd.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, they did have to roll the subunits into that, obviously, so it would have been a little bit younger, uh, longer. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. I think the concept was really engaging because it gave them a longer window to grab a Western audience Um Right before their proper debut, which I think they definitely needed, they were kind of other than BTS, like a lot of Westerners foot into K-pop and J-pop and stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean, there was a there was a time when people were like into like Girls Generation and um, kind of that like second wave of uh, of girl groups, but Luna was kind of the that died off. Yeah, yeah, Luna is like one of the leading ones that like got people activated as like stands on Twitter and like the way that we kind of associate K-pop with now. So I mean there's always yeah, been no, for sure. K-pop stance, but this specific brand of like Twitter extremity in uh, you know, basing your whole, you know, online presence around Personality. Yeah. I mean, of course, like standing it's always been around that, but there's a really like unique approach I find with the, the Luna girls.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And the re but the reason I say it was quite unorganized. Well, I mean, obviously it was quite unorganised, but the reason I say it wasn't a perfect concept for a rollout was Mm -hmm. um, my very um, trustable source, the woman who works at the local store who sells uh, proper Sanrio Hello Kitty merch, Uh um, she was talking to me. I was singing Lovesick Girls because it was playing in the store, and we started a conversation about um, K-pop and Luna, and she is not a fan. She... um, I. believe she actually used to live in japan like a couple of years ago when they were debuting and the reason that they're quite unpopular um in asia and the usual countries that get into k-pop is because the rollout process was too long for them and Mm -hmm. i think they kind of shot themselves in the foot with their um core audience like if they hadn't picked up in the west i think they would have been pretty destined to fail
0: i think so and also i think that it's important to note that the producing group that manages luna and kind of engineers the concepts and stuff they're called what blockberry blockberry creative what kind of shit is that blockberry creative i don't know hello i don't know anyway they're they're this is like their (laughs) only group isn't it
1: um I think it was their first. I could be completely wrong about this. Let me open up a Wikipedia page. <laughs>
0: but in any case, uh, um, even I know from yeah. like just being on the periphery of this that they were, like, really unorganized um, and uh, much smaller than, you know, SM or – is that what it's called? I, I don't Yeah,
1: SM. That. Yeah, that's the really, really big one. Okay, yeah, so they did – Luna was their first and is still their only um, girl group. Yeah. Or group at all, actually. Um, and, yeah, no, there's been some – bad things said about their organizational skills, but the treatment of the girls, um, I don't know a lot about it. I can't speak too much on it, has been, I believe, quite good though.
0: Yeah, I mean in comparison to what In I comparison, through, yeah. I've I've heard that too. And also because they're not like really quite as like A listy as um, you know, members of Twice or Blackpink are, I think they can probably like, get away yeah. with like more uh, scandalous and, like, less monitored existence, whereas, like, those girls in, like, the, the big groups uh are under intense scrutiny.
1: Oh, for sure, but, like, it's kind of a backward way of doing it, if you think about it. Like, Blockberry has way more to lose than SM. Like, yeah. SM could let a group just do their own thing and probably still stay very afloat, whereas, like, if a Luna hadn't succeeded, that's like, they're done. Right.
0: So, outside of the promotional concept there's also and this is where i start to get a little more critical um there's a general aesthetic and like you mentioned before the LunaVerse. um the LunaVerse. and it's really really convoluted um i don't even know where people gather most of this shit from
1: like well most of it comes from um the official descriptions i believe that of each release like they're not of each song but or video but of uh-huh. each release like there's a official description that like contributes to this story um and they only started properly releasing english translations i believe around odd eye circle um but there are texts that exist from the very beginning yeah. um that talk about each member and their part in the lunar
0: and it's something to do with like what like there's three different layers or something? There's like the moon layer or some bullshit like that. What is it? So there's three. Oh, I don't. What would you call them? Like, uh,
1: parallel universes? Maybe I guess. Sure. Is um, there's Earth, um, which Earth. is the first subunit, one third high Earth, and high then the Earth. second one I believe is actually called Middle Earth, which is a bit okay. too Tolkien uh-huh. for me. I think there's another name, but I don't know what it is. Um, and that's the second subunit. And then the third subunit is in Eden. Um, and honestly, it's really complex. Everyone's got a lot of different theories. Like, I couldn't even tell you what's canon and what's not canon. I don't even think Blockberry could tell you.
0: Yeah, I'm sure nobody could, to be quite
1: honest. Do you know the story of how the Lunaverse, like like, do you know why it's a thing, though?
0: I kind of, like, vaguely understand it, but I'm sure listeners don't. So if you could explain it, I wouldn't appreciate that.
1: Just quickly, and I don't know the full story and all the details, but Jaden Zhong, I want to say, I pronounced that correctly, um, is one of the creators of the group, um, like, in creative directors, and he'd been trying for years with lots of different groups to do this concept where um, all the visuals and the music and the, the rollout was like this, and it was this big overarching narrative, um, which I would definitely say is very... Um,
0: ambitious.
1: It's very ambitious. And he's actually since left, I believe he left, um, well, the reason La La Maison Luna didn't work is because he um, left around the time it was going to be released and like deleted all the files or something, apparently. Um, And he's not with them anymore, which is why the universe has gotten even more convoluted. Um, Mm. But yeah, he was kind of, he's kind of the entire reason they exist. So we can thank him for that, but he—it was a very ambitious concept that I don't think he had the wherewithal to pull off.
0: Got it. So I think that all of this um, aesthetic fluff just doesn't like contribute anything thematically meaningful or like an interesting angle into listening to the music or watching the videos or getting to know the members. It seems like very superficial to me.
1: I disagree, actually. I think it adds to it, definitely. Like, if you've got a really long rollout process like they did with the goal of the month theme, um, it's a way to kind of tie one into the next and keep that going. And I think it keeps interest um, or kept interest for a lot of people. Um, And it's also something that you can very easily dive into. There's a lot of stuff online about it. um, And, yeah, I think that's kind of... Why a lot of people fell into Luna so hard is just by getting sucked into the Lunaverse and all the lore mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's just people found it engaging.
0: I mean that's fair, but if I wanted to read like some, you know, garbage like sci-fi fanfic, I would just read like the books that my Kindle tries to recommend to me when I unlock the screen. <laughs> I don't need it's a, a I don't bit need Wattpad. A, I don't need a. It's very Wattpad. I don't need a girl group. It's to very Wattpad. Do, do that for me. So yeah, maybe it's like. <laughs> Is successful or interesting, but even when it comes to Western artists, like doing, you know, concept albums or anything, I find that most of the time it doesn't really actually add that much of a layer. And um, even like my favorite kind of concept albums, which is like, I don't know, David Bowie with um, Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars or with um, Madonna and Erotica, for instance, like those are some of my like more favored concept albums and still it's like not really like about that and it's not about like tying it in yeah. with the, the rest of their career it's more just like a a general like aesthetic element that they can like comment and critique and like use for like visuals but i don't really yeah. find the stuff that luna does to be as interesting or like post-textual so it kind of just like reads flatly to me
1: I think that's definitely yeah. That's probably a fair observation. Um, I think concept albums in general, especially in the West, I enjoy them when they're kind of vaguer, like like you said, erotica. Yeah. Um, when they're vaguer and it's just a way to tie everything in together sonically, visually, thematically. Yeah. Um, and I also kind of like, and it's a terrible example because I hate the music, but I think they did it well. Is uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall? Oh yeah. The other one is when they tell a story, but the story's kind of mapped out before. and they're writing to that rather than trying to make a story out of all these random songs that they've written in a short time period. Right. I think that's when you can pull it off. If it's something like this, where they obviously did not plan it that far in advance, that's when it can kind of get messy. Although I think they did kind of pull it off.
0: Yeah, so I think that's kind of my take on the general concept. Um, And then when they do like these videos that are vaguely referencing the the narrative, the overarching Luniverse story or whatever. It doesn't yeah. really do enough for me to like warrant it. And also all their videos look the same to me. That
1: is so untrue though. I don't know. I think that like with all the solos. Okay, the, the solos the are sonically... different. I will say
0: the solos are very different, I think. They they were they varied those a lot more.
1: Yeah, and I think they did it visually as well. And even between the subunits, the subunits all had their own kind of sound and visuals. and I think they pulled that off very
0: well. Um, No, I agree. Because, I mean, just, like, the variety between, like, what Kim Lip did or, like, Chu, like, those two, like, next to each other are are really different. But... um, Yeah, completely. Post-group debut, what have you, I find that, like, it's the same formula every time, which is that here are the girls here's them with a pose. Now one of them is running somewhere and the camera is following her and around. That's a theme, that's a big, her, theme. That's a big theme.
1: Is that a theme? Well, the running has to do with, so these three universes are on this Mobius strip oh. thing, which was a bit too physics-y for me to kind of wrap my head around. Um, but the running has to do with how they go from one to the next, I believe, on a odd eye circle could um, travel between them. That was kind of their whole thing. Um, and running was kind of how they represented that, I believe. Oh, God. So, it's a trope. It's a trope. But I will say all the post-debut videos for the title tracks, um, there was there's definitely a lot of overlap with the visuals, especially with their latest one. Why not? There's a lot of um, tropes and stuff that are just thrown in there because they've been part of the Luniverse lore. They're not really there for any reason. The whole thing's a little bit um, not very cohesive. Um But prior to that, I think they pulled it off.
0: Even if it is, you know, um, intentional, um, and you know all the lore surrounding it and understand everything going in, does that make it any better? Uh, I mean, even (laughs) people who (laughs) repeat the same themes in their music a lot or, like, discuss, like, the same topics, like, will have a different angle to approach it. I don't know. It just is very bland to me when I... Every video, seems almost exactly like the last one in their post-debut stuff.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe for somebody who is not a full-blown orbit, um, but for somebody who n- can recognize the tropes and then ignore them to look at what's new, I think it definitely there's definitely enough different and interesting stuff between them to like. You yeah,
0: that, that's a that's a fair point, but at the same but time, but
1: inaccessible. If-
0: Yeah I mean I don't even know if it's if it's inaccessible is the right word but it's like why would I want to understand these things when it is not initially compelling?
1: Okay yeah I mean I disagree but I can't really like argue against that like if you don't find it compelling it's definitely not something that's going to grab or hold anybody's attention. You've kind of got to want to get into something that's complex but really vague at the same time. Like you've kinda of gotta be the kind the type of person to fall into those things.
0: Yeah, and I mean I'm I'm totally here for complexity and overwrought, like ridiculous con conceptual stuff. Um I mean like the new one oh tricks point never album is like full of that and he's Oh has, fucking like, a, good. So good. It's I think one of my favorite albums this year, but um you know he does a lot yeah, of I like agree. stuff with like overarching like mythos and everything. Um and I find that, you know, compelling but um what was I talking about? My hangover brain is just, like, a piece of cardboard. Um, how the
1: videos are the same, and it's not, um, you know, if you're not interested oh, in right. getting into it. Oh, yeah, like I, was, I was really. going to say,
0: like, I appreciate like I appreciate plenty of artists who do have, like, a more conceptual edge to them or, like, a lot of work outside of the music that you can, like, go into if you please. But I will say that any, like, liturgy song or any, like, one oh Tricks Point Never, like, music video or something, even if you don't know the surrounding lore it's still compelling and i don't really think i can say that for luna
1: okay yeah i disagree again i disagree but like yeah i can see where you're coming from to a point
0: okay so let's um go on to the next topic Um, the last one before we take a break and that is the members so what is it about them that makes you find them fierce because i'm not buying it
1: (laughs) Um, well, this is – yeah, this is the one where I don't have an awful lot to say just because I don't really engage with um, too much media for any artist outside of right music videos, music itself, um, and, like, maybe interviews sometimes. But I've, with Luna, just because of Twitter, I've seen a lot of the girls mm-hmm. just through it showing up in my timeline and watching the videos. And I think why they're good idols is they really – their personality shines through a lot more than other groups that I've seen where maybe from, um from companies like SM where it's more about visually separating them. Right. I, I don't really know enough about the overall K-pop industry. Well, I, I,
0: I completely agree with that. I think that like um, a lot of the way they try to individuate the girls from one another and a lot of K-pop and Japanese groups as well is that, they just put them in different costumes. Um or and yeah, they, the they, Luna Girls
1: change haircuts every single era.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> like, yeah, everyone, I, the, Twice does that too, where they have different hair all the fucking time. But, like, um, <laughs> I don't really know if I feel their personality from any of, like, the, the, the music they do or their performances. Because I also don't really watch, like, media outside of... Uh, outside of the artists I'm listening to unless I'm like really really into them but just from yeah like the songs and the videos I'm not really getting a lot of personality out of any of them
1: well how okay but how can you say that the the solos all have very individual sounds and looks but then that they're not conveying personality like kind of by definition, wouldn't they link up a little bit? Which I, de- I definitely think they do.
0: One thing I, I want to say is that I think all the stuff pre-debut is massively more successful than anything they've done since, like, um, formally joining as a group or whatever. Um, and yeah. I do think that in those solo videos, they were probably more indicative of a character, like, outside of just, like, I'm a pretty girl, and here's me running in a certain direction. Look, I changed my hair. <laughs> I just turned around. Oh, watch her turn. Watch her spin. Oh my god! <laughs> Look at her go! <laughs> I, but it's like, um, even then, uh, out of all of those, I would say that. Sorry, I don't remember the single names, but I would say that Kim Lip and Choose singles were the ones that I got the most out of. Choose is
1: kind of a fan favorite. I think it, I believe yeah. it was kind of a lot of people's window into Luna and the consensus is usually that people like get into it, she's their bias and then they realize how popular she is and like go with a bias wrecker. Like right. she's very, very popular and I do think her solo contributed to that a lot. But yeah. also I wouldn't say that that's not due to a lack of personality though. Like she's got a very distinct like type of overactive um, energy to her and another one that definitely stands out is Hyunjin um she's deranged she's like actually deranged and I think you don't necessarily get it through the music but any non-music media from the group like she always you can tell it's her it's very she's very herself and she's very um full of life for sure is one way to put it
0: Uh uh-huh what was her single again
1: I don't know it's the one with the um one of the ones with the Korean titles. I actually don't remember what the English name of it is. Uh, it was one of the orchestral ones, though. I do, I do quite like it. Um, it was one of the more orchestral ones. She was the second um, member.
0: Oh, I, I just pulled it up, and I, I do recognize the, the video. Mm. Uh, wait, you're saying from this, this, she seems like full of life to you? No, no, no I said despite this. This uh, is oh.
1: like, yeah. <laughs> definitely find okay. <laughs> this like it's, it's a bit yeah i
0: was like flipping through the video i was like what is this commercial like uh it looks like kind of one of those um commercials where it's like a uh for some medicine or something and it's like oh this is my life like before like i started taking govaprex or whatever she's the cat one right yeah yeah she's the cat
1: one yeah that's that's
0: a good it's got that stupid kind of theme to
1: it Yeah. This hideous costume and monster thingo and then it's like I took this medicine and suddenly it all went away and I could live life to the fullest. Yeah.
0: Exactly. It's very that. It is very that. Claritin clear girl. <laughs> <laughs> but like um outside of uh, you know, their personalities or whatever, I, g- I think it's probably subjective how much you, you think you can get or not get out of them. So I'll kind of leave it at that. But I will say I think that their looks are quite boring. I've never really? seen one beautiful gown, not one gown. Not one beautiful gown. Not a single beautiful gown. Wow.
1: Did have you did you see all three of the um concepts for the latest one 12 or midnight? Yes, I I'm, I'm not I I sure. well, I looked
0: at the covers. Um I think they're like well photographed, but this is very much like something that any other group is capable of putting out, I think.
1: But they don't do it. And I think that that's worth noting. Like, who, which of them are going to do, like, pretty rave girls in boho chic, like, definitely chewing their jaw off, like, in the middle of a park? Like, that's kind of something I hadn't seen from a K-pop group before. Is that a look? That's that's the look. It's the one where, the, like, they have to face... Um, no, I, I understand, but is
0: that a look? I think it's a look. Just is it because a look?
1: They're capable, they're capable of pulling it off and making it a look. That's that's where I sit on this. Is not everybody could pull it off. Everybody could do it. Not everybody could pull it off. And they not only did it, but they did pull it off.
0: Okay. Um, I think that (laughs) a lot of K-pop groups have really bland costuming and makeup and like looks going on for them. Like, uh, I know you don't want to say anything shady, but uh, Blackpink (laughs) and I, I love Twice, but even them, like they have videos that have no substance whatsoever i think it's. i mean not... i
1: can't think of a look that twice has done All, or, re- or blackpink well i think really... i fancy you yeah.
0: just because um sana has beautiful uh, beautiful long hair <laughs> that's, that's true and so do most of the Luna girls so you
1: know where's the problem lie?
0: yeah i mean okay I... wait no but what i want to say yeah. is
1: like if you think um well, if you think that all, a lot of K-pop groups have very bland looks, then why is this a huge slight on Luna?
0: That's like, very if, fair. If they're just one of many. You're completely right. Like, why is it? Perhaps. Why is it? Zach why? Tommy. Why is that? Zach Lingli chi Why is that? <laughs> well, I think it's perhaps because it's so overstated by everyone else where it's like made out to be like the saving grace of all K-pop is like it's Luna. Luna's is the only girls who are doing this. They are the only girls who are standing in a park looking sullen. Like they are the only ones. But like I really think that it's not that significant. So maybe just in the comparison between reading the constant noise around them at every fucking step and then looking at these videos that demonstrate no beautiful gowns not one beautiful gown whatsoever I think it is um maybe driving me (laughs) further it's radicalizing me a little more I despise you but that is okay
1: even like the Alexander Wang looks in the new video like I think that was one of the saving graces I think they definitely had an Alexander Wang sponsorship Mm -hmm. um like they're all wearing these like almost active wear fits I would say and like it's it's really cute like I don't know I think it's quite distinct
0: Honestly, the I I won't dock them for this because um, you're right. Most groups just have really nothing that exciting. <laughs> but this is kind of like the K-pop problem is like that really polished, very specific, highly stylized, but really lacking perspective or like vision. So I think I, yeah. because I, I find this problem in most groups that I, I won't dock, okay. but okay. I will say noted, noted. they have always done looks for real like
1: I definitely wouldn't say that based on these top results well I but... mean
0: these are just like they're you're just looking at like their um like staff photos but like if you look up the um like their performances like in their trench coats and stuff or like you look at their um they all wore suits in one video they're queens to me they all stood in a canal right.
1: So they're they're your Luna, They're they're not giving much.
0: Back. I actually hate them um, too. To be honest, you'll stand them anyway. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> they infuriate me. They, uh, <laughs> but I was kind of into <laughs> them for like a year. Yeah. Oh and, my god, and, there's so many of them. Is that like that's like 25 girls? Yes. So that's another thing that's different between Japanese and Korean idols is that a lot of Japanese groups have like a fuck ton of members in them, like wow. between like 20 and 30 sometimes or more. So yeah, that's insane it's a lot to keep just from up, a management
1: perspective holy shit
0: yeah and a lot of them are like literally teenagers like 14 15 16 sometimes wow yeah um That's well, fascinating I think we'll we'll take a break here and then we'll come back to it and get into the real meat of this which is their music I and mean, that is what i yeah. really have a lot to say about
1: oh yeah same definitely okay,
0: <laughs> let's take a break
1: what awesome. see you in a bit
0: Back. We're back. Welcome back. Uh, I, one thing I forgot to mention that I was desperate to say is that I hate Olivia Hez <laughs> lipstick. I hate it.
1: That's not something I've ever noticed before. What's so bad about it?
0: Um, She overdraws her lips a little bit, which as a drag queen I also do, but it does not produce a comely shape.
1: Okay. That is seriously nothing I've ever thought like, thought to look at in my life well, they i think just it was keep putting
0: her in those big red clown lips like girl <laughs> this is not the club like wh- you're not she's thinking. the goth member
1: she's the goth member it's like she's doing the big red lip
0: what goth does like, it's, that it's
1: traditional um i don't know like the sexy ones i don't know jeff
0: the killer also jeff the killer okay <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is true this is true
0: yeah. Okay. Um. That really rude comment of me getting into women's business aside, <laughs> <laughs> this episode is simply nothing but women's business.
1: It is seriously women's business, and it's me supporting women's business and you being in it.
0: Yeah. Unprovoked. Me sticking my neck in and then just shaking my head around, trying to gnaw my way at anything I possibly can. Um. So we have talked about kind of the concept and our general thoughts about the members and their perspective, but now I think it's time. We get into the meat and potatoes of the music.
1: We've got to do it. I think we have to do it in chunks. I think we've got to do the solos and then we are got to do debut because it's very, they're very different.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, the solos are very different, but I will say that if the solos are in service of the debut, then why has all the music post debut been so shit?
1: Well, it hasn't been so shit, Zach.
0: <laughs> Is that so? <laughs> that's,
1: that's where I'm sitting on this. <laughs>
0: no, I like, I, I will agree. I like the pre-debut stuff. I like it, some of it. I like pieces of it. Okay. I think a lot of the solos, especially like the ballady ones, are a total snore.
1: Okay. I won't completely disagree with you just because if I'm going to listen to a ballad, I want to, like, it's a ballad because they're saying something super important. I want to know what they're saying. And if I can't understand it because I only speak English, it doesn't have a lot of appeal to me. Right. But I do think a lot of their ballads are very, like, beautifully composed. They're just not something I'll go back and revisit very often.
0: Well, to me, they sound like boa B-sides from, like, 15 years ago. Like, they're not, there's nothing especially (laughs) compelling to them. And I did read... A handful of the translated lyrics, um, nothing to write home about, but I won't dismiss it because I do not speak Korean and I could be missing nuance, so. Yeah. And also, I don't really think that, like, it's their mission is to write really... I mean, they they don't write stuff. any of their own stuff. Oh,
1: they don't write hmm. any of their own stuff. A lot of K-pop groups don't. Don't you can't hold that against them either. Most K-pop groups don't even have a single hand in their own music. Yeah, I
0: hold that against everybody. So, but um, okay, that's fair. That is fair. To be fair, um, I think that K-pop has a specific sort of cancer of adopting Western producers, um, and Western music trends, and then just writing on that through a perspective that I find less interesting than it was when they started like second generation when it was like girls generation and stuff. And they did kind of like that impression of, you know, American music from five years before they did it in kind of an aggressive, like really filtered way. So it had like a unique kind of thrust behind it. But ever since this like third rush of new groups, I found that kind of across the board, it's a lot of imitation and, um, it's like such a feedback loop that, for instance, when Blackpink does their dun 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 which is like some embarrassing cliche of like a 2012 Pink song. You know, when that gets like recycled by them <laughs> and like thrown back into the loop, then every other K-pop group starts doing it too. And it just keeps imitating itself and cloning itself until it's like this Cronenberg misshapen simulacrum of itself. <laughs>
1: That is actually, I said I wasn't going to get into it, but I'm going to get into it. This is, that is actually my core and probably sole problem with Blackpink is that it is, there's nothing interesting about it. I've heard every single thing before on Western radio. Right. And the only thing now is there's no lyrics that I can sing along to. Yeah. So it's like, you know, which isn't a problem for everybody, but it's just like that aside, it's nothing new. And yeah, that's kind of my problem with Blackpink. But I, I don't think that's quite true for Luna.
0: Okay. So where do you think they differ or they demonstrate a unique perspective?
1: I think not true of every solo for sure. Um, songs like Singing in the Rain um, by yes. Kim Lit. No, not by Kim Lip, sorry, Jin Sol. Um, very, you know, good, well done. That's my favorite of the standard. solos, I think. I enjoy it a lot. I do enjoy all of them a lot. Um, But then you've got other ones like... um, I'd say new to a point and also definitely love Cherry Motion a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And a couple of other of the solos, they draw from other Western music trends that maybe aren't so touched on. Like, I definitely sense a little bit of PC music, especially in the Odd Eye Circle Girls Mm -hmm. um, solos and that subunits music which is something that hasn't
0: really been touched on on k-pop outside of luna right yeah no i hear that that a lot of the solo stuff is like more uh, human (laughs) like it's more (laughs) like from a human's voice or something but as their career has progressed, I have found this to be less and less true. But I will single out "Heart Attack," "Singing in the Rain," and then um, "Girlfriend" and "High High," which are all pre-debut stuff. As like
1: "High High" is debut.
0: That, I thought that was on "High High" um, is full group. Wait. Wait, what am I thinking? I'm that's not... the
1: title track off of... Um, no,
0: sorry, I'm thinking of a different the song. The first one. I'm thinking of... Oh. One sec, let me get this right. Oh, Love Forever. Yeah, I'm thinking Grimes, of Love Forever, right? that's it. Yeah. Sorry. We talked about this, yeah. Yeah, so those are the ones I I, I do like high high as well, but anyway. um, The ones I just listed are like, oh, like, this is vaguely unique. Like, this has, like, some sort of driving aesthetic idea behind it. Um, Even though that Grimes, like... Luna is literally, like, suicide-inducing. I love it. I, I, I love Grimes as well. Um, I'm fascinated by her. I, think, I do love Grimes. I think she's such a troll. Um, but, like, I can see what she's doing, and she really was like, I'm an idol now. Like, she was, like, in her little fantasy, like, recording that. I could envision it. <laughs>
1: Introducing oh, yeah. Luna. she was eating. She was loving it. She was loving every second of it. Yeah, she, she was think... feeling her odes. Yeah. I think for the um post debut stuff, there's definitely a couple of songs more so than in the solos where they're like I guess you'd call them filler. And they're more the ballady ones mm-hmm. that are just very cookie cutter. And on um Oh, sorry, I forgot oh. Um sorry. <laughs> on um twelve, they're there's a song i believe it's voice and then also the english version star that was um written by jesse st john aka kim petrus's um kind of lead songwriter Didn't he get um a lot with dr luke well yeah he's he's i believe i don't yeah i don't know i believe he um <laughs> has had a few controversies just to keep it a bit vague for my own sake yeah <laughs> um
0: yeah, I have no idea. But he's I just, very, yeah. That, I heard his name and all of a sudden I just <laughs> like, got like Vietnam flashbacks to like some like accusations or something on Twitter.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, but he's, yeah, he's very messy. But they hired him, they hired him. And that was that thing you were talking about before of hiring Western producers and songwriters to do their stuff. And the fact that there's an English version, which is obviously the version he wrote, and then they redid it as a Korean song. It's like, they're just kind of, I think that's very indicative of, grabbing for something that will appeal to Western audiences. Right.
0: Well, because that's the only people who are listening to this music are Westerners. Like, yeah. there are certainly yeah, that is fans elsewhere, but the gravitas of who is into this is, like, dramatically weighted towards, like, American 16-year-olds. Yeah. Or well,
1: not even Westerners necessarily, but just not Korean people, not Japanese people, like, not people in the traditional countries of, that listen yeah. to k-pop yeah the traditional market for k-pop
0: right so um yeah i think it's that's just not there troublesome uh post debut hi hi which i uh, mistakenly thought was a different song <laughs> butterfly classic good classic that's it i'm done that's it yeah i have no i i wow. listen to all of the albums going back and all of the singles like the the pre-debut ones i listen to everything and The notes that I wrote, I tried to like write like a song I liked on every project, and I gave up after XX.
1: Wow, that's really fascinating to me. I think, yeah, I mean, to be fair, the one after XX, yeah, I think it's XX. Um, Hash question mark? Um, Definitely, other than title track, and it's also my least favorite title track. I think it's definitely their weakest project. I don't think there's many that stick
0: out to me. I think so. What is amazing? a, A really wretched song.
1: I wouldn't say Wretched, but it is one of my least favorite outside of some of the filler songs, definitely. I don't know. I think it's it's some weird... Like, it sounds like a Blackpink song. That, right. It sounds like something Blackpink right. would do, and I don't like it.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like, um, but then, yeah. they had, like, kind of that idea before of, you know, something like Singing in the Rain or, like, Butterfly, even, or, like, Hi-Hi. It's, like, that, like, really, like, focused, like, pop concentrate. But... Yeah, that was uh, kind of thrown away, and I'm not like saying like a don't develop or like change the sound of your music, but now that they're like, in an operating way outside of that, I find that the music comes off as like much less character. I don't know, less human.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it up to um, hash being. Um, it was kind of after, I believe it was after a long hiatus, and I don't remember exactly why the hiatus was, but I know during that, hustle left due to anxiety. She's allegedly coming back for the next um, comeback, but she left for anxiety. I think there was um, some debt involved, some controversies. I think that may be when Jaden Jiong left the project. So I kind of think they maybe rushed it together. I have no evidence for that, but that's kind of where i'm at with it um just because their latest one uh 12 or midnight or whatever is um really really good in my opinion i think why not is such an interesting blend of genres and it's done so well it's so catchy you've got universe which is like one of their best ballads ever for sure It's so beautiful like i don't know i think they definitely picked up after that and a lot of the stuff before that as well that you didn't mention i think is really really beautiful as well like stylish is a great pop song
0: yeah i don't really care for any of their um ballads uh, on kind of a tangent um like i don't think i have liked a single one of them And some of them i like singled out as being particularly offensive
1: (laughs) oh which ones i'm kind of interested
0: off of beauty and the beat i hate um frozen and i hate one way and I hate Rendezvous, whatever. Those songs, I, like... So literally
1: every song except for Love
0: Correct. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's correct. And then on, um... Plus Plus, what the fuck are these album names?
1: Just just go with it. Roll with it.
0: Okay. I liked High High, and then Favorite and Perfect Love made me want to throw up. My God. Favorite. I just think it just never reaches, like, that really, like, delicious, like stupid pop angle at any other point once hi hi is done which is so early on too you know um and then it just like spends the rest of the album like imitating twice b-sides and it just sounds so cheap and interchangeable okay it reminds me of like jack U and like skrillex production like circa 2014
1: (laughs) and they're hailed as
0: classics and rightfully so
1: but again, that's not something that's necessarily been tapped into in K-pop.
0: You mean, like, the really sugary pop music?
1: Oh, that specific... I don't... I wouldn't even know what to call it. Genre terms kind of semi-feral. Yeah. But I think it's a little bit redundant, a little bit... I, I agree, I agree. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's its not... It's something that still feels a little bit original in K-pop. Not as original as some of, as, as some of the solos, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely still, like, distinctly lunar. I definitely feel like that's a theme that runs through everything is that I think I could probably pick out a Luna song like out of anyone just because it's you know it's quite distinctly them
0: well I think that like um we already singled out voice off of 12 um and I would say why not as well actually I think that if another group had done them it wouldn't even seem that off base for like a, a twice record honestly there's nothing in it that really even why not even why not i think because i mean there's that breakdown that's kind of interesting but um like the structure leading up to it is like straight out of any other twice song that's ever existed
1: i mean i think we should go in depth into why not just because it's their latest title track um but i don't know i mean it's an empty chorus which gets a lot of hate and rightfully so But it's a very catchy
0: one. Well, yeah, it's a very singable one. I think that's the best part of the song, (laughs) because like, and that lead up to it with the like, the breakbeat kind of drums. It's just
1: it's very quotable. I think like the little English bits are very quotable. I think it's catchy. I think it is a really interesting blend of stuff. When the pad comes in at the end, that has been through the verses, like over the top of that, like empty chorus it just it sends me every single time i love it i think it's the most beautiful thing ever well
0: it has like that tiktok layer to it like it has like that um like really aggressive big and vapid sort of noisiness to it and that like breakdown or whatever you want to call it that um you know is going to get your video like lots of girls doing pixar face to it on tiktok so
1: i don't hear it but I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. and I kind of, I guess, you know, I mean, I can picture it, but I, I don't think it quite falls into the category you're putting it into.
0: Well, it didn't catch on, so I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> they failed. Yeah, <laughs> see, exactly. We have
1: proof that you're wrong about this, so probably about everything else. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I, overall, I get, I get it. I get it. I just don't really think that okay. it's, it's doing anything especially unique or impactful or original still. Even in, like, these songs that are, like, the ones that are, you know, most bold and memorable are still kind of, like, contactless and, like, uh, sound to me as if anyone could have done them.
1: I mean, just to flip your own words back on you then, like I did before uh-huh. um, successfully, if you think that... um they're all kind of if you get it then could you maybe it's just not for you but for you to get it clearly there's something there right okay. like clearly there's something that's attractive
0: I think this is the point where um we will begin to speak about the stands because this is kind of yeah okay the culture surrounding Luna is kind of where my main point comes from that they are like the end point of girl groups and is like the postmodern explosion of everything leading up to it and not in a good way so um i don't even know how to start this off i fucking hate luna stands, like the most awful people in the world <laughs> literally oh my god all of them i think that are they're, they're going into the zach langley chichi gulag like they're number one they're going right jesus. in jesus I think they're genius. Okay, how? I don't. Let's don't, hear I, it.
1: I, I'm an orbit. I'm a Luna fan. I'm a Luna stan. I'm an orbit. Not actively part of the fan base, so I've got that outside perspective. And watching Good. the way that they made the Lana controversy about Kim Lip, they made everything Grimes ever does ever about go on. Like there's Luna's always somehow involved, and it's always due to the orbits like doing something completely batshit insane to drag them into it. And like, it's usually quite innovative. I think, like the way that they manage to drag their favorite band into every conversation ever.
0: But does not any other stand group do that? Like, they do it. Nicki Minaj stands creatively.
1: But can you name something as creative as that? Like a controversy that completely has nothing to do with Nicki Minaj suddenly being all about Nicki Minaj and all the comments on one of her videos being regarding this controversy that doesn't relate to her at all like i think that's a very not solely lunar but like distinctly lunar fan base kind of signature move
0: yeah but I, I haven't k-pop fans also been doing this with like spamming fam cams like forever i mean you're saying that it's like more, have, more have. creative but in what way is this creativity productive or good and how is it not merely irritating
1: In what way is standom ever productive or good and not merely
0: irritating? Okay, I do have a perspective about this. (laughs) I think that... um, Oh, sure, sure. Stan culture, at its best, is, like, the... It's, like, gay culture made tangible um, in the internet era, basically. Because gay men have always been stands, you know? And I talked about this on my stand episode in J-pop with uh, Ronald, but basically, like, stands have existed like since gay culture was like materializing and the way that they interacted with like their icons, you know, for instance, like gays with Judy Garland, uh, the way that they interacted yeah. with her and like repossessed like her aesthetic and her career. And then they made it into like an act of homosexuality. I think that is productive. I think that's interesting. And, um, I don't really know if online culture has really, led to this developing in any meaningful way and in fact I think maybe it's gotten worse because now lots of people want to be stands, but they don't look at it through like a gay perspective does that make sense
1: this does make sense and I think it's the reason not even necessarily the internet being the reason but I think the reason it doesn't um quite work the way it used to like with you said like with um like you said with julie garland and older um kind of stan icons like that Mm -hmm. um in queer culture i think the reason it doesn't work is because the tumblrification of um the queer community has kind of forced a lot of separation i was talking about this recently with some friends is is that like a
0: good point i think
1: it is it's like slow discourse and all of this other stuff that happens with within the queer community whereas you know a couple of like a few decades ago like gay men were using lesbian slurs and vice versa and it was an act of solidarity yeah whereas now it's an excuse to police other queer people um and i think that lack of community is very internet centric and it definitely ties into standum because it can't really be something that brings everyone together because nothing can really bring everyone together anymore i think it's mm-hmm. it's going to take a lot of work to bring that sense of community back oh, they, to um, I think that might
0: just be over. <laughs> I wonder.
1: Oh yeah, I you mean know. it's a little bit of a lost cause, but like you know, I want to believe.
0: Yeah, I gonna <laughs> hope sometimes like with my podcast, like the mission is like to sort of like crystallize and preserve like gay vulgarity and anger and like keep that going in any way I can because now like e- engaging in that is you know, as people say, putting your nose in women's business or it's misogynistic behavior from gay men, and um, I think a lot of which is of that... I
1: think a fair. It's a fair criti- critique. I think it's a fair critique because I think gay men do cross the line a lot of the time, but I think there's also times where it's not necessarily across the line, but it is painted as such.
0: Right. Um. I think it's less severe. Um. I don't really think that gay men are like capable of actually committing misogyny in any, like, truly, like, substantial or meaningful way, except for, like, being petty and, like, annoying, which is, like... Oh, okay. That's an interesting take, actually. Well, I mean, I how many women have been killed by gay men? (laughs) I know that's, like, an extremity, but, like... Okay, that is an
1: extremity, but it is also a very good point. It's It's not necessarily violent misogyny.
0: The violent struggle that, like, women go through is not really perpetuated by... Most gays, um, when it is so, is when it's like um, the brainwashed, like uh, post uh, Clinton homosexuals who have ascended to like b- bourgeoisie classes, basically, and now they like run tech companies in San Francisco. Those people are committing violence against women, but like me making They're fun not of part like part of the
1: community anymore. No, That's like they've kind of ascended past past that to be truly awful.
0: Exactly, me making fun of Olivia has. Um, Like lipstick (laughs) Lipstick. is—it's not gonna kill any women today. It's just gonna like minorly annoy them. And also, if like gay men are like so like misogynistic and annoying and like so over, so canceled, then um when they're being petty and rude, why can't you just acknowledge it that way, right? Anyway, this is a little off topic. Yeah, no, it's a little bit off topic, off topic. But
1: yeah, no, I I see where you're
0: coming from. I think
1: the issue isn't necessarily that like gay men can be violently homophobic and really contribute to the hashtag plight of women, but, um, that, you know, we kind of have to stand in solidarity with them just because at the end of the day, we are men. We're closer to straight men than we are to women socially, like socialization wise. Yeah, sure. Um, and I think, you know, like it's, it's less about what we're actually doing and more about what we're representing, especially considering I would argue women have done a lot more, well, they objectively have done, have done a lot more for queer rights than straight men have.
0: Yes. For sure. Yes.
1: It's it's almost like a, a give and take thing, maybe?
0: Sure. I mean, yeah, there, there's, like, room for nuance, I think. So even though I'm, like, being, like, yeah, for sure. game and be misogynistic, <laughs> like, obviously they can, you know, but... <laughs> I mean,
1: you can't get to nuance without, like, big generalizations Of course. Like
0: you kind of got to start there and work into it. But I think this is a good angle to kind of approach, like, the Luna stance from, because I think they're really deranged and extremely... <laughs> Extremely loud. They're using a lot of like the aesthetics of like, you know, gay stand culture or whatever. And then, you know, they're applying it to like this doom or chaotic edge where they just like pulling it at anything. And it kind of makes sense that these people who are like worshiping Luna online are also like LARPing as communists as well because. They seem to associate some radicalism, like both with Luna and with the performative fake, you know, leftist politics they pretend to have. And so doing those at the same time kind of makes sense. And that's why I think it's like the end all of good Korean pop music because it's gone to this extreme point where, like, it's just abstracted itself to becoming nothing but these angry people just like using these idols as like a means to some chaotic end. I have no idea like where this comes from.
1: Yeah, no, that's both I'm kind of I've got I'll bring in what I was mentioning at the start of the episode. I can't wait. I've been waiting for this. (laughs) (laughs) Um I so I asked a few of my friends, two of which I will um my orbit friends, two of which who I'll keep anonymous just because I don't know what the situation is regarding um the Previously mentioned Twitter drama, and I don't want that to become a topic of conversation. Um, but one of them I said, you know, do you have questions or like comments for a non orbit like that I can ask? Uh-huh. Um, and one of them simply said, Tell them that they're a misogynist and they're going to rotten hell. Um, and then another one said, Asks you, um, politely, why did you threaten to violently beat all 12 lunar members with their own light stick before snapping it over your knee and chanting men's rights? So, what's your response to that
0: question? I wish I had said that. That's really iconic. <laughs> God damn. A little bit iconic, but not not in the way you want it to be. <laughs> she. I wish that, that <laughs> girl had come up with that and like told me that ahead of time, so I could have just said it myself. God damn it. <laughs> um, and yeah, by
1: name, I'll mention um, everyone's favorite Twitter commentator and uh, one of my favorite people ever. Hi, Roro. Um, their contribution was simply kill yourself. So I think that kind of almost proves your point about them being absolutely deranged.
0: <laughs> okay, but the, the thing is, is that, like, I'm not even, like, against, like, being theatrical and, like, overstated and, like, th- this kind of stuff because I think it is, like, a... Yeah. It, it's, like, an element of gay culture when, like, it's applied well. But if you're, like, backing it up with fucking Luna, like, what is going on, girl? <laughs> Hello?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a totally valid... Way to back it up. Just because, like, like you were saying before, like, even though it does lack the sense of community that older um, stand culture and the queer community may have had, there's still, like, I guess you could say, sub communities within the overall culture who are uh, maybe their K-pop stands or their pop music stands, and they kind of. A smaller subsets of the community and they definitely right. bond over this and defending them like to their dying breath. Yeah, sure. I definitely think community yeah. comes from that.
0: Yeah. But um, for me, the community, like the kind of community it's making, and I think I didn't really explain this as well as I wanted to, but whereas like before with, like I said, Judy Garland or more recently, like honestly, Beyonce, I think is like one of like the last, like great, like gay icons in that way. Uh, Madonna as well. Yeah like those women like
1: gaga those kind of big yeah exactly girls.
0: those women like um their kind of um appropriation by gays is like you know productive of that like gay culturalism, but the product of this luna standing is like the radical like fake communism, and you know what I'm talking about, right like you've seen this I have
1: seen this, I have thoughts on Twitter communism for sure, like brief thoughts. um but you know like I'm fully in support of, like, some kind of communist revolution. I think it's... Oh, yeah. If if applied well, um, communism would be great and very effective. But I think, especially regarding the US election, um, a lot of the Twitter communists who come out saying, don't vote, it's a broken system, like, very fair point, very true. But unless you're going to be leading said revolution at least make the broken system work for you as best as you can. Like, go out and vote. Like, yeah, Biden may not be better than Trump, but the people he surrounds himself will objectively be better than Trump's cabinet. Like, unless you're going out and, like, assassinating politicians yourself, I would argue saying don't vote and it's a broken system is actually less productive towards a revolution.
0: Well, um, cause you're just
1: kind of making it harder. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of, uh, conversation to be had here, um, that I don't think I'll be able to like fully address. Um, <laughs> but anyone who oh, yeah. like listens to the podcast, or, like reads my account, like with a lens of nuance, <laughs> row, row, <laughs> Uh, would understand you that you do need
1: a lens of nuance to read your tweets.
0: <laughs> no, you do, because like I know what they, my tweets like look like. But if anyone is actually paying attention, <laughs> like they understand that I am really devoutly Marxist, and like I—it's a very
1: big ask to ask anybody though to like. Pay very close attention to any specific Twitter yeah, account. I think it's a enough. very unrealistic request. Yeah,
0: fair enough. But I mean, if you're going to be suggesting suicide, then perhaps you should know who you're trying to kill.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but this um, is true. This is true. <laughs> on that note,
0: though, I, 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 um, I did not vote for Biden. I think that the electoral system does not work, and I am already quite afraid of the cabinet he's putting together. So, um, okay. I do think that action is what is most important for leftists to be considering and the brand of Twitter communism that these like Luna girls are running around with is merely ID politics and like- It's more
1: hypothetical action and then inaction. I think they're achieving nothing and also stopping any kind of, as minor as it would be, like very minor achievement, like, you know, voting in a democratic president, like still not a great achievement but a minor one i think it kind of stops those very small wins and also doesn't really contribute to the larger ones that they're hypothetically
0: proposing well yeah i mean outside of their um outside of the u.s election because i have made my opinions on that quite clear um but oh yeah (laughs) i find that um you know even if you're advocating for not participating in the electoral system like there's stuff you can be doing you know so i i mean i agree yeah. with you but i don't find that well these people can't even fucking vote like none of them are working class cuz they're all 16 <laughs> years old
1: yeah this is this is also true well going back to luna then why do we think this this specific brand and not all i, I mean i know a lot of mm-hmm. orbit who are truly like they're they they do a lot of um proactive things um but why is it so linked to being an orbit, this specific brand of, I guess, inactive communism, for lack of a better description. Yeah, maybe. I don't even
0: want to call it communism because none of these people have <laughs> any experience with theory. And I'm like, yeah, everyone's like, well, you can't expect everyone to read theory. I'm like, yeah, that's correct, but. Um, people who don't then don't speak on it if you
1: haven't read the theory.
0: Yeah, like if you don't like read yeah. theory, then like you have to speak from like your experience or the other experiences of people in the actual working class. So these people are merely like um, adopting an aesthetic, and I think that's kind of where it ties in with Luna. Is that like to be a Lunastan is like an, a little bit of an identity you can claim. Like you can say, "I am a Lunastan." This is what that means, and this is the behavior that it generates. So they put on, like, the mask of this communism in the same way they put on, like, the mask of being a lunastan.
1: Okay, that's very interesting, actually. Well, I think it's because I think, right yeah. now, you
0: know, uh, there's nothing more valuable than having a specific identity for everyone, like, you getting your points checked off or whatever oppression you claim or whatever. Like, people are yeah. very, very... Like you said,
1: identity politics yeah. is very big right now, I think, and not in a very productive way right. all the time.
0: So it kind of leads to these people who just, like, will attach themselves with extreme ferocity to whatever it is they can. And because of Luna's online presence and, like you said, some of, like, the jokes and humor and, like, the trolling that they do, um, it's very attractive to these, like, Doomer, Doomer Zoomers. Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> god this it's a bit of a mouthful this podcast is incomprehensible <laughs> like could you imagine like someone from five years ago <laughs> trying to understand one word of this
1: oh my god and five years from now i did want to say i was going to say it at the end but i think this is a good way to seg- say seg- good segue into it yeah um if you're listening in the future when i'm inevitably famous and quite successful um apologies for any outdated opinions i'm sure that um They'll evolve um, with the times. You do have to remember context, I think, in things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, hello, future listeners, as in, like, you know, five years, a decade from now. Hello to you and apologies in advance.
0: Yeah, um, I'm sure. I mean, five years ago, my opinions on everything was completely different, too. So I'm I'm sure that my opinions oh, will yeah. grow grown a different way from this. And, yeah, I, I hope people can kind of just, you know, learn to read that as time goes on in the archive of the internet gets fatter
1: yeah literally in education and knowledge everybody's evolves like it doesn't even necessarily get bigger it just changes like you forget some of the really problematic behaviors you would learned and like thought processes and you replace them with ones that are more timely
0: yeah like um listening to my podcast so
1: (laughs) exactly that's going to be very out of fashion Probably sooner than we think. <laughs> My <laughs> grip is over. <laughs> uh,
0: well, before we uh, say goodbye, is there anything you want to plug? Like, where can people find your music? What are you What are you doing? How can people get in touch with Little Miss Levi Kohler?
1: Yeah, so I'm on all streaming services as Levi Kohler. L E V I K O H L E R. You can stream my most recent single, Let You Down. Um, I think it's one of the better things I've ever made. Um, And, yeah, there's more stuff to come this Thursday. When is this being uploaded? Wednesday, right? Yeah, this will
0: be um, Wednesday night for us.
1: Wednesday night for us. Yeah. Okay. Well, on Thursday, I have a single coming out with um, Georgia Dutton, um, which I presume you can just spell based on how it sounds um called I wish we met when we were 25 I produced it we just debuted it live last night um and that will be coming out it's very fun very funky very fresh um so yeah make sure to check that out when you're listening to this
0: yeah I'll put uh, links in the description to everything and update it when that single is out so yeah thank you Levi for coming on you did not win but it's okay Good, of course, it's been a
1: pleasure. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I won. You like I think there were good points on both sides, but there was maybe a little bit too much middle ground. You probably should have picked uh, somebody who yeah was a little bit. Well, more Well, I'm surprised aggressive. actually that I wasn't.
0: I, I <laughs> was aggressively pro Luna. I am surprised. I was like ready. Yeah, to, like,
1: it's the hangover. <laughs> it is the hangover. But yeah, no, when we were um preparing like when we were going to do this today you were talking about how you were going to go in and like just completely brutalize these girls and I'm, cu- I'm very glad you didn't because I don't think I necessarily have the knowledge to fight you off I can completely disagree with you but I don't have a lot of rebuttals I don't have the background knowledge for it necessarily
0: well yet another productive day on I'm so popular <laughs> exactly exactly All right. thanks everyone <laughs> Jump. bye